all. Step right up and be amazed. From the swamps of Louisiana, we have the Gator Boy, Patrick Bennett. And from the mountains of Pennsylvania, we have the girl with two brains, Lisa Everett. For a mere 50 cents, you can listen to their fantastical stories of the 70s and 80s. But today, we have a special. You can hear them for absolutely nothing on the Pop Ninja Podcast. Welcome to the Pop Ninja Podcast, where we reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s, 80s, and beyond. From bell-bottom jeans to parachute pants, from Panama Jack shirts to members-only jackets, from Smurfs and Scooby-Doo to Thundar the Barbarian. If you had a Rubik's Cube, wore a Swatch Watch, was crazy about Max Headroom, or ever wondered who shot JR, then this podcast is where you will feel right at home. Now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time. Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome back to another totally awesome episode of the Pop Ninja Podcast. I'm Patrick Bennett coming to you from the swamplands of Southwest Louisiana. Oh, look, a baby wolf. And coming to me from Zoom or over Zoom from the great state of Pennsylvania is my lovely co-host, Miss Lisa Everett. Hey, Lisa. Hey, what'd you say you saw a wolf? A baby wolf. You didn't a see wolf? it? <laughs> no, baby wolf. I miss wolf. Okay. <laughs> okay, swamp wolves. Yeah. Well, what's going on, swamp wolf? <laughs> A company of swamp wolves. <laughs> in the company of swamp. I'm in. I must be in the company of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually no, no. have on my swamp thing T-shirt right now. Do you? Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. So. Yeah. So. I want to know something. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> you want to play a game? <laughs> yeah. A trivia game. Yep. All right. It's time once again for a round of Super Retro Trivia. Sit down, strap on that thinking cap, and get ready to go. In five, four, three, two, one. Well, as always, I'm going to ask you three questions from... It could be from the 70s, 80s, or mix. I think these are all from the 80s. But um, these questions... Well, you, you'll see. It's all about names. All right. Okay. The name game. The name game. Yeah. You know. Lisa, Lisa, Papa, Nisa, Pepe, Pepe. All right. Pop Ninja, Papa Ninja. Patrick. Pop Ninja. All right. Pop, pop, bobop, banana, fana, pop. Okay, go ahead. Well, number one. What was the nickname of the Asian kid with all the gadgets on the Goonies? Data. All right. Did he have any other name? I don't know. His real name. That's what What's they called him. 
I yeah. said nickname. Yeah, nickname. But um, what was his real name? That that could. Be I don't know. Name. Look it up. Such a thing. I know that you said he just had his birthday. Didn't he have a birthday? Yeah, he did. He also played Happy short birthday. round on Tip Happy Lagoon. birthday. Was he? How old was he? Uh, I think he just turned 50. 50. That's what I thought. It was like the big 5-0. Yeah. Speaking of the big 5-0, you know, we got our big 5-0 coming up too. So, we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the Pop Ninja. Yeah. We, we, we've been not past that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've been doing Pop yeah. Ninja for 50 years. Yeah. That's 50 years of Pop Ninja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, we have birthdays too coming up, me and you. Yeah. Yep. Cool. We'll have a, we should have a birthday. Um, we should have a birthday theme, Pop Ninja. We did. Uh, we did. Well, did we did we did a birthday theme? Yeah, we had cake and everything. <laughs> did we? Oh. <laughs> All right, you ready for question number it's a two? New year, it's another year. Let's do another one. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Bring it on. Number two, what was the name of Doc Brown's dog in Back to the Future? Oh. Um, is it some kind of weird scientific name? Sort of. Uh, it's a little white dog, wasn't it? Like a little terrier. Yep. Isn't it? I can picture it. Um, I don't know. I can't even guess. Einstein. Yeah, okay. So I could have maybe thought of some, something. I was going to say like MC Square or something like that. MC Hammer. <laughs> MC Hammer. <laughs> Okay, number three. What is the nomenclature of the Enterprise in Star Trek The Next Generation? What is the what? The nomenclature. Well, what's the numbers? What? What's the numbers written across the saucer? Oh, what are you calling that? The number what? Nomenclature. Nomenclature? Yeah, just 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 disregard. <laughs> well, what's the numbers written on the saucer of the Enterprise? In the next generation. Uh, um, the next, oh, the next generation. Yep. The one oh. with Captain Picard that came out. In the I, I, I don't know. I'll say the B fifty two. Says uh, Star Trek Love Shack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you remember what the original one was from the sixties? You. Enterprise. I'll give you. A, uh, I'll give you a hint. It starts off. It says. <laughs> okay. It says NCC, and then it's got some numbers. You don't remember what they were? No, I can't. Where's Billy Ray Bates? I bet she would know <laughs> more, more than me about it. I bet you she does too. All right. She'll come on and tell you later. She'll, yeah. She'll, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The one from the the next generation was called the NCC seventeen o one D. And no, never would I know that. Riker. No way. Okay. Uh, you, you just weren't that? a nerd. You know that, or you just you know it because you looked it up. No, I know that. You know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but if I asked you that in a trivia question, you'd say your mind would go blank or something. My Star Trek, Mister Spock, underoos begs to differ. <laughs> I knew that. Oh, is that, are they? Is that uh, is that stamped on your butt on your underoos? Yeah. Okay, and C seventeen. Like, isn't that under like no child under seventeen? <laughs> okay, <laughs> admitted. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That sounds bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you want to get on with the program? Yeah. All right.
right. That, that, the I, absolutely I, free. Yeah, I, where I needed my other spare brain for that one. There you I, go. I, I, I had it on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about a 1986 movie called Highlander. From another time comes a man of great power. Talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places. A warrior of incredible strength. You've the devil in you. We've been kinsmen 20 years. Connor McLeod was my kinsman. I don't know who you are. Because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away. man uncertain of his future what you got here brenda is a guy who's been creeping around since at least 1700 it's not possible and haunted by his past wait a minute nash i want some answers you cannot die mcleod i'm connor mcleod of the clan mcleod I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel. I am immortal. <laughs> A hero who is about to face his greatest challenge. You will always be weaker than I. What can you tell me about a seven-foot lunatic hacking away with a broadsword at one o'clock in the morning in New York City, 1985? Not much. For he is not alone. <laughs> In the end, there can be only one. Highlander, there can be only one. Now, you said you never saw this. Is this Christopher Lambert? It is. I thought we have, I actually thought we talked about him, but, it, but I think it's because we talked about him, right? Yeah. We talked about him before, not the movie. Right. Because I never saw Highlander, no. Okay. I, I don't know why. I mean, this was, this was a big movie in the 80s. Yeah. Well, um, it came out in 86, and it starred you know, Christopher Lambert, Sean mm-hmm. Connery, and Clancy Brown, who we talked about Clancy with uh, Bad Boys. He was yeah. on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I saw this one at the theater when I was in high school, and uh, it just completely blew me away. Oh. This movie is so incredible. And it, it has incredible action, a fantastic story. It's got great actors and an amazing soundtrack by Queen. So we didn't do the soundtrack to another the movie. Whole I, soundtrack in this movie. I didn't know that. Every song in it is by them. There's no Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, when you were just talking about Queen and you played some music from something that the Queen did, was that a TV show or was that Highlander that you just Yeah, that was about? a movie called Highlander from 1986. <laughs> Is that what it was? Was that, was that what that was? And we yes. just talked about Queen? Okay, because I was listening to that music on the podcast and I never heard that ever. Never. Yeah, a lot of people are like that because they hadn't watched Highlander. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I liked that. So whatever that music was, I liked it. But it, it was, was very like, good. So, it was like brand new Queen, like as if like, yeah. just put out a new record because i've never heard it yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool well the the movie it's um it's about a scottish highlander named connor mcleod and he was played by christopher lambert and uh anyway the story he, he gets killed in battle in 16th century scotland okay it's like two clans fighting and he gets killed he gets stabbed and uh they, they bring him back to the uh the hut that they're in in their little village and uh he dies, and then shortly, a little bit, you know, later, he discovers he's immortal because he wakes up. And the uh, the clan, they're scared. They think it's like witchcraft, and they banish him, and he can never come back. You know, he tries to come back, and you know, but daddy, father, whatever, and they're throwing stones at him. So he has to leave, and he's just on his own, and he's confused. He doesn't know what happened to him. And uh, anyway, uh, then one day, he finds out uh, – there's something called the quickening that immortals have. And it, it kind of lets them sense other immortals when they're like nearby. It's kind of like Spider-Man with his spider sense mm-hmm. starts tingling, you know, but yeah. uh, anyway, uh, he's banished from his clan. He's got to live alone. And one day, another immortal, it's a Spaniard named Ramirez. And he's played by Sean Connery since Sean Connery is such a great, you know, Hispanic actor. <laughs> yeah. That's a joke. But anyway, uh, he, he finds uh the young McConnor, uh, Connor McLeod and, uh, kind of takes him under his wing and he teaches him about immortals. And, uh, we find out that there are many, many immortals and, you know, some are hundreds of years old. So, so McLeod's kind of new to this. And, uh, anyway, all the immortals there, we find out they're drawn together by this quickening and they must, they have to fight each other to the death. Okay. And the only way you can kill an immortal is to behead him. Hmm. And, And when you do, you say, wait, no. Oh, and when you do no, kill him, like hmm, hmm. when you, you do know, kill him, you take his quickening or her quickening because they, they're all female mortals. And, and with the quickening, you, it, you get all their knowledge and their power. It, it, and in the movie, it's kind of like lightning comes out of them into you after oh. you uh, you kill them. But uh, and then it doesn't make you more uh, powerful. Yeah, you're more powerful. You have their knowledge. Like if they lived hundreds of years. You've got all their knowledge, and uh, you've got you the think, quickening of everybody they ever killed. So you, you, you gain power. Kind of what the new movie, The Immortals, is kind of sort of have like is it you know you know the new have you seen the previews for it? No, I'm not sure what you're talking about. The new Immortal movie with no. Angelina Jolie. You haven't no. seen that? Oh, you're talking about the Immortals, the the Marvel Immor- movie. Yeah, that that's what you're talking about. Yeah, the no, new, that that that's Immortal. alien like aliens uh that come land on Earth and. Oh, that's not like shit. it's not. Is that, oh, it sounded sort of like what it's you like superheroes. About. Oh, okay. So nothing, not, not different. Yeah, th- these people don't have superpowers; they just can't die. Oh, oh, they have no power. Well, they have the quickening, which is a power. Like, but but it's not a superpower. They can't use it. I mean, they oh. they gain oh. knowledge and stuff, you know. But they're like human beings in the form of a human being. Yeah, but they just can't die. Okay. They live forever unless you kill, unless you chop, chop cut their head off. Up. Yeah. 
Well, you know that that's not uh, so far uh, removed from a per, uh, you know being a regular person. You know what I mean? I mean, if you get your head chopped off, you're a goner, you know? Yeah. 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 So for sure. Like, so they're totally not immortal, you know, because anything can come along and chop your head off, including a car wreck. You know know what I mean? But, you know, they don't have superpowers, but they they do kind of uh, have skill, like in sword fighting and that, that they gain from the other person, you know? Yeah, that's what I thought he had some kind of stick. All their skills from hundreds of years. You'll, you'll gain their skills, their, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, for some reason, the immortals, you know, they have to fight each other. And then at the end of time, there will be an event called the gathering where all the remaining immortals who are still alive, you know, that, that hadn't fought each other, they'll be drawn to one place and it's called the gathering and the remaining ones will have to fight to the death until there's only one immortal left. And that immortal is supposed to get something called the prize, which is like ultimate knowledge and power of the universe or something. And then they'll probably have superpowers after that, you know, but, uh, but that's, that's kind of the gist of what the stuff, the story was about, but, uh, but the movie, it jumps back and forth in time from uh, the past, from the 16th century to the present. And in present times, Christopher Lambert's character, he's the uh, owner of an antique store in New York City. He, he sells like very high end antiques. So he, he's like re- really rich. OK. And uh, a lot of these antiques was actually his own possessions from <laughs> that he's, he's gained over these you know decades. I mean, uh, centuries. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he keeps a low profile. And uh, from time to time, other immortals that they come to New York and uh they find him and he's got to go out and fight them to the death. You know, they find, they, they always find a place where nobody will see them. Like it might be a parking garage or some uh, abandoned building or something. They, they try to hide from the, uh, the, the public, you know, and mm-hmm. cause they don't, they want, don't want anybody to know about the immortals, but, uh, but anyway, um, he becomes a person of interest to the police in New York city because, uh, he shows up at a lot of these investigations and his name comes up. So, uh, the, the, this lady police detective starts, uh, you know, looking into him and finds some discrepancies and fingerprints and stuff that show up from the 40s and the 30s. And, and she's getting real weird vibes. So uh, she starts watching him. And anyway, the, she basically falls in love with him. And uh, who's that? Who's the girl? I don't remember. But uh, oh. yeah, you, you can look it up. Uh, can't can't remember who she was uh, uh, okay i thought you like you know probably had a crush on her or something and yeah. and this uh and the gathering is happening in uh in new york city in modern times and uh well there's this uh super evil barbarian immortal called the kurgan and he's played by clancy brown and, and uh christopher lambert's character he, he's fought the kurgan many times over the centuries but but uh neither one of them you know killed each other and uh so the Kurgan, now that it's the time of the gathering, that the Kurgan is in New York City also. And, and he's going around and fighting and, and killing like every immortal he can find because he wants to be the last one, you know. And uh, and then it comes down to uh, Christopher Lambert and the Kurgan as the last two immortals left. So, uh, and, you know, I won't tell you everything that happens. Just, just go watch it. There's a lot of other stuff that happens in it. But uh, but they made uh, several sequels. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really sucked. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to bother with those. Just watch this first movie because it was awesome. And then there was an awesome TV series in the 90s that lasted about seven seasons. And uh, 
And then that series had a spinoff series called The Raven about a female immortal. But um, the series was very well done. Uh, it backed up in time just a little bit before the time of the gathering. Because, you know, if they didn't, there would only be one immortal left. So they had to back up a ways. So there was still several immortals. And uh, it featured uh, a cousin of Christopher Lambert's character. So instead of a reboot, it was just like a, a story that took place during the same time. You know, in, in fact, Christopher Lambert actually showed up in the series a couple of times. Uh-huh. So, so go watch it. Okay. And, and that series, you might like it. They add a lot of new elements to it. Okay. Oh, and you can get find that. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was like looking to see if Christopher Lambert has been around in anything like lately, and I don't. I mean, if he was, it's nothing I've ever heard of. So, I mean, he has a lot of stuff right now in pre-production, post-production stuff he's filming, but I never heard of any of this stuff. You know. Now, I know so, they're doing a big budget reboot of Highlander right now. I don't know. Who's in oh, yeah? it or anything oh. about it? Yeah, but I know yeah, they're that doing would one. Make sense to, yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it yeah. had everything that I'll an look action it up movie on should. Google or whatever. Jordan said he can, there's like he can find he can download stuff. So we'll look yeah, up. yeah, get can, it. Watch yeah. it. Yeah, because I yeah I have nothing to do later tonight and I can't find anything. And in fact, earlier I was like I I found a whole bunch of movies off Pop Ninja, which I think that people um, should really check out like you know stuff that you post on there that are movies i've never heard of because i had a whole list of them and i was going through amazon and trying to find some of them they and, should uh, check them out but they got to yeah. return them uh, <laughs> and they've got to be kind and rewind yeah <laughs> yeah uh i wanted I, I there was the one you posted that kansas, kansas city bomber with them yeah uh, i think i'm going to order that really um, and it was yeah i'm going to order it and then and it took me to that was a um, roller roller uh Boogie. Yeah. <laughs> roller yeah, boogie. Thought, yeah, roller blade. Roller, what do you call that sport? Roller. roller yeah. <laughs> roller yeah. Roller derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I found another movie through that. Like, you know, if you like, um, if you, if you find a, um, like if you pick a movie list of certain person and it'll say like on Amazon, people who bought this also bought, bought this. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So then it'll, and so there was another movie and it's called Flare Up. Have you ever Flare heard of up is that the story of rick flair no but it's 19... no okay <laughs> no it's 1969 so it wouldn't fall into like where we're we're at with movies and stuff but it looks like a really good one because it's like a like a crazy serial killers after raquel welch ah. you know? and it sounded good you know so i'm like i'm gonna buy it too so i'm gonna do a raquel welch double feature thanks to thanks to your recommendation on um a pop ninja there you go so thanks so yeah, I always I keep wondering if people listen, if they if they if they, if we have um, inspired anybody to like go out and, and watch any of these. Hey, I inspire people. myself. <laughs> yeah, well, me too. <laughs> you know, I'm like you inspire me. I don't know how much I inspire you because you don't like any of the kind of movies that 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 I I like anyway. But I'm I'm open to the possibilities of anything that you talk about. You know. You're just like, Ew. except for hell comes so, a frog down, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that one, that one. Yeah. So I'm like, so I'm curious, like with my movie that I'm, I'm going to talk about, like if you, if it is even anything that would be up your alley. Well, so, if it's damnation alley, then it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we're going to talk yeah. about that soon. 
Are we? Okay. Uh, okay. Um, so any more Highlander? You want to say any more? No, that, that's about it. But uh, I want to tell everybody out there, watch your head. Watch your head. And there can be only one. Ah. So what that. you got? Okay. Um, <laughs> I hope they're keeping both their heads on. Okay. Uh, my 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 uh, my movies when Harry met Sally. Harry Cobb Jr. Hey, no, not Harry. Sally Ride. Nope. 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 Oh. Uh, nope. Nope. Um. Nope. Uh. Harry. What's his last name? Hamlin. <laughs> yeah. Harry and Henderson. Sally. I'm like, what are their what are their last names? I, I uh, Harry Henderson. Tri- it should be a trivia. I, I I'm like I'm trying to think what if I even remember what their names were from the movie. You know, Sally, you should replace Sally um, Billy Crystal's character. You should replace Billy Crystal with Harry and the Henderson Harry, and but, but make the same movie. It'd be Harry and Henderson. Harry Henderson when Harry and Sally. And, when Harry Henderson meets Sally. Sally, yeah, <laughs> that be that would be up my alley. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, when Harry, um, who, who's another famous Sally? Um, yeah. No other Sallys. Um, Sally Kellerman. Sally. What was the Sally on? Uh, <laughs> Sally Kellerman. Yeah. What was Meat, Meathead's wife? Oh, Sally Str- Sa- Sally Struthers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Mustang Sally. Mustang Sally. No. I'm like um, Harry Burns and Sally Albright. That's their names. I mean, I knew them in my head, but I'm like, I went my my head went blank again. So um, yeah, but you, I mean, you do know their names. It's not like uh, you know some movies like you don't ever know what their last name is, but uh, you do in that. But anyway, it's from it's from 1989. It is an a American romantic comedy. It was written by Nora Ephron and directed by Rob Reiner, and it stars Billy Crystal. Speaking of meathead. A meathead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's maybe where he got the Sally from, you know, is it owed to Sally Struthers? Maybe. I don't know. But Harry and then Meg Ryan is Sally. Men and women can't be friends because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. Greg? No, I don't like to eat between meals. I'll roll down the window. A faceless guy rips off your clothes, and that's the sex fantasy you've been having since you were 12. Exactly the same. Well, sometimes I vary it a little. Which part? What I'm wearing. You tell her about other women. Yeah, like the other night. I made love to this woman. And it was so incredible. I took her to a place that wasn't human. She actually meowed. You made a woman meow? Are you comfortable? Sure. Talk. What happened? What's the matter? Harry came over last night. I went night over to Sally's last night. Because I was upset that Joe was getting married. And one thing led to another. And before I knew it, we were kissing. To make and a then long story short, we, we did, did it. it. They did it. The challenge. I'm difficult. I'm too structured. I'm completely closed off. But in a good way. And I'm gonna be 40. <laughs> when? <laughs> Someday. In eight years. It's not the same for men. 
Charlie Chaplin had babies when he was 73. Yeah, but he was too old to pick them up. And the story follows that they, 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 them as they meet in Chicago. They're they're gonna they they went they must have gone to the same college together, and they're gonna do this cross country drive um, to um, New York City from Chicago. And uh, they don't know each other at all. And um, so they their whole ride they kind of get to know each other along the way. And and they come up with this. Well, Harry comes up with this whole thing about. Um, can men and women actually be friends without um, having a, a, an attraction to each other or having, you know, and, and he tells her on this ride that they can't, men and women can never just be friends, which, you know, it, it, it's very, that's highly debatable, you know, that's his opinion, you know, because I personally think, yes, you can be friends with, with, you know, I mean, me and you're friends, you know, so yeah. like, yeah, but yeah, so it's like, so um, yeah, I think it's absolutely doable, but yeah. I don't know if you remember that part in the. There's, in the there's many, many ladies that I'm friends with and I'm not, you know, some of them I'm not even attracted to at all, but I'm friends <laughs> yeah, with yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I mean, he, I, I just think he's just over the overly, uh, whatever, but he, he actually is sort of attracted to her and he kind of even makes a pass at her in the, in the diner. And she, she met him. Well, she, they, they got together because. I think it was her her friend that suggested that they ride together and it was his girlfriend and then he he and um she she gets mad at him because she's like you're you know you're making a pass at me and you know you're my friend's boyfriend and he's like oh well then he, it was like they she decided she did not like him not one bit and and they kind of part ways right there and and uh, but then they like to have these chance encounters like later on because like she she was hoping that she would like hit it off and they could be friends because she didn't know anybody else in New York and she was going to New York to become like a, a, a writer and um I'm like trying to think what his job was but uh but they end up like meeting off and on throughout uh, the movie like chance encounters over like a 12-year period until they end up becoming like friends and during that time like he he even had been married and then he gets divorced and then they, they um, start hanging out together because she had a boyfriend um, and he knew, knew her, he knew her boyfriend. His name was Joe. He, he sees them in an airport, like maybe five years later. Um, and then he sits next to her on the uh, airplane. And I just, the one thing like I remember the most about her is, and, and they talk about this in the movie and they use this uh, like terminology of like high maintenance part. Like if you're a high maintenance, like, you know, woman, you know, her, because, um, he, you know, he says like, she, she think, doesn't think she is, but she is because she, she wants everything really specific. Like when, if they're in a restaurant, she tells them exactly like how she wants her, her apple pie. Like if she wants it heated and she wants ice cream on it or whipped cream on it, or she wants this on the side. And he said, she's big on everything on the side. Like if she wants her salad, she wants the dressing on the side. She wants this and this. And he said, she is definitely like high maintenance. And I, I, I think about that because I think I'm like I for me personally I think I'm about as low maintenance as you could possibly get but pro, but maybe I'm not you know because I I feel like you know she's like I want things the way I want them and and that's how she you know that's just how she is but see to me I'm not like you know whatever you give me I'll take it <laughs> you know it's like but then I get something and I don't like it and it's like then I think well then I'm high maintenance but it is like you know what I mean that's not really high maintenance it's just you know you, you know what I mean 
but I, did you ever see this movie? So you know I what did. I'm talking about. You saw it. I saw it did in the theater. Actually, you saw it in the theater. Yeah. You go on a date. Nope. You went. You went. You went alone and saw yep. it. Yep. Really? What did you like it? It was all right. I, I don't remember that I don't much know about I, it. I don't know if I liked it when I first saw it because yeah. there's times that Billy Crystal can get on my nerves. But um, but but it, you know, and and I don't find Billy Crystal attractive in any way at all. So like I can't even imagine like you know like he he seems a little overly uh he, he's like too um he's almost uh like too self confident you know for me to me for you know because I I liked him in like Running Scared the movie Running Scared but um is this is like a romantic uh, thing I, I you know. But with Meg Ryan, I guess, you know, the two of them, like, together. I just know I love Meg Ryan's apartment in, in this movie. And, and um, and I, I mean, I'm always, like, looking at, like, she always had, like, a cool place to live in, like, every movie she's in. Like, it, like you got mail, I love her apartment and that. And, and um, but, uh, but it, it, it just, like, it's, it, it, it just follows them along through their friendship. And, you know, Harry's friend is Bruno Kirby. And Sally has a friend that's, uh, Carrie Fisher in the movie and they end up like fixing the two of them up up you know actually they wanted to fix um they and they wanted to fix Sally wanted to fix Marie who was um uh they all go on on a double date she wants to fix her up with Harry and then uh, Harry wants to fix his friend up with Sally and then they go to a dinner and they find out they they can't stand anything about each, each other so but the two of them uh Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby end up liking each other and then they end up getting married. And it's kind of funny because they said, you say at their wedding, like if either one of them had been slightly attracted to, you know, Harry or Sally, they wouldn't have found each other, but they hit it off great, you know? So it was, it's, that was kind of cute, you know, but, um, but they, they end up like, they, they, they end up that, um, I guess, uh, uh, they go to New Year's Eve, they go together to a New Year's Eve party um as each other's dates but as friends and then they just say how much fun that they were having together and then if they weren't with each anybody like the next year that they would because they they date other people and they talk to each other about their dates and, and and just how they can't really meet anybody and you know and they don't really they don't seem to like have an attraction to each other in the very beginning but they but i think it's because they are together so much and they just develop this you know friendship with each other and they're just so familiar with each other and then it like evolves into, um, it, you know, that they they actually have feelings for each other. And it, it turns out that like Sally runs into the, the boyfriend, Joe, uh, or he calls her on the phone and he tells her he's getting married. And then it hits her that, um, you know, she she's there. They're, I mean, they're in their like late mid thirties. So she she wants to get married and she wants a family, but she just does. They don't seem to be able to like meet people and and. Um, when this Joe, you know, says he's getting married, it, it makes her feel bad. Like he didn't, he, he, she thought he just didn't want to get married like to anybody. And, and then she thinks that, well, it must've just been her. And then, so she's bawling and then, and then Harry comes over and then the two of them end up sleeping together. And then they kind of breaks them up as friends because they, um, they, they just, it just kind of, I don't know. It wasn't what they, I, I don't know. But then, and then, so Harry kind of, they kind of blow each other off and then they just kind of separate and they'll see each other. And then Harry decides he's madly in love with, with her and um, trying to get her back. And, 
you know, and, and throughout the movie, like they they like interlace it with these um, fictitious like older married couples. Like they 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 do these little stories of how they met. You know, which I think they could have left that out of this movie. I don't even I don't even think it really would have made any difference if they would have put that in or not. But that's how like the movie ends with Harry and Sally get together finally on New Year's Eve, and he like comes and decides he is madly in love with her, and then. Um, she wises up and and then the end is that uh, they get married and they're talking about how they met and how it took them Aww. how it took them 12 years to get, get it together you know it's like but eventually you know you know I guess it was a very long drawn out you know courtship but I think it's nice because it, it, it to me it's like a fall movie because there's um like a really pretty like fall scene in it and then it goes into like Christmas you know too and I just like movies that because uh, there's a really uh, pretty scene of them walking through the park and the park, you know, trees are, you know, all, uh, you know, all the fall foliage and stuff. And I just like movies like that, that, that to me, like have any movie that has a fall scene in it. I just, I love, you know, and I watch them, you know, it fall. So that's why I picked this movie for now because, because of that scene in the movie. But it's a nice, it's a nice romantic comedy too, you know, so it has a good supporting cast in it. So, so. I highly recommend it. I don't think you'll go watch it again. Probably never ever rewatch it again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the director. I like Meathead. I liked uh, both of the actors in it, but uh, I just, I don't know. It just wasn't, you know, my well, version, not, my uh, version with, with uh, Harry Henderson. Nobody gets beheaded. <laughs> meeting Sally, you know. Yeah. That was. <laughs> yeah, that would be a much much better epic movie. Yeah. If Harry chopped off Sally's head, we would there would be it would be much, much more you, yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, gotta get something in there. Yeah, some action. Mm -hmm. No. No, it's just a story. See, I'm I I know where you and I are now on the, the opposite ends of the spectrum with like I like um story like based movies that are like um, you know, that don't have a lot of, uh, I mean, I like some movies that have like a lot, some action and some, some special effects and stuff, but I don't like a lot of that, you know, and you're all about that, you know, but you you're know, all, all the movies that you like, mm -hmm. they would be so much better if you just put a gorilla or a Bigfoot in them. I, I'm there. Yeah. Okay. Right. An alien. Yeah. yeah. An alien from yeah. outer space, some kind of man, that, like a condor man, a, 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 a crayfish man, a, yeah. a swamp man, a condor a, a, man, man. Sally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see where you're headed. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, that's all I have to say. And uh, check it out. All yeah. right. You want to move on to the TV yeah, category? Go, into, go on to TV. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not just going to talk about Simon. I'm going to talk about Simon and Simon. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? You ever uh, watch yeah, it? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there. 
Hey, it started in 81 and it ran till 89. So, you know, it was pretty popular, very popular action adventure series. Uh, my dad and I would watch it all the time. And it was about the Simon brothers who had a cheap detective Were they agency. Really brothers? Yeah. Well, not the actors. No, but yeah. I'm on a, that's why they yeah, were Simon and Simon. Mm-hmm. They had this very cheap detective agency. They're, they're always broke. In a, and they were mm-hmm. in San Diego. And uh, Gerald McRaney played the older brother, Rick Simon. Mm-hmm. And Jameson Parker played the little brother, A.J. Simon. Yeah, I never knew what the blonde-haired guy's name was. That was A.J. The that played him. Oh. Yeah. No, the actor. Yeah, like, Jameson Parker. Yeah. And anyway, no, the, don't the, know he, I don't know him. He reminds me of the guy that played bass in... Oh, really? Um, Dark Benedict? I think, like, I'd have to see them side by side, but, um, huh. like, I, yeah. Do they, do they look a little bit alike? Nothing. Nothing? Okay. Well, then I have to they, look they up both that have guy's face. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, I have to look up that guy's face because I can't really mentally picture him. He right kind of had, like, I, a little baby face. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, uh, that's a face. A baby face. Like, you know face like face you know? yeah okay like face. <laughs> yeah. anyway the, the two the two brothers that they, they kind of reminded me of like uh almost like oscar and felix from the odd couple because no. uh because aj he was like more refined he wore suits, yeah, suits like fancy yeah. cars and he had the, and, and, the watch yeah, yeah and, and his brother rick he was more of like a, a cowboy and you like know, a redneck yeah yeah just yeah he wore yeah. a cowboy hat and jeans and boots and he liked uh-huh. pickup trucks and as a redneck yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah. well their personalities they kind of clashed a lot and uh yeah to me that was the the interesting part is watching the brothers fight because you know i grew up with an older brother so you know i could relate to a lot of their uh they're they're playing you know picking with each other and just yeah. they're bannering back and forth. I could relate to that. So uh, yeah. their personalities clashed a whole lot. And uh, I thought it brought a lot of uh, humor to the show. So, uh, but I thought it was a very fun show. And they, they even had some uh, crossover episodes with uh, Magnum P.I. Oh, I never knew that. That's yeah, cool. they're on the same network. So, but, but I, I loved it. And I haven't seen it in so many years. I would like to get it on a DVD. I'm sure it's out you there. You don't have it? On no, DVD? No, I would love hmm. to get that show. Oh, well, then let me see what I can do. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Somebody's got a birthday. Yeah, yeah. So everybody, okay. everybody. Tomorrow. I need like seven or eight people to each send me a season. <laughs> okay. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, it's probably oh, last that I long. I can probably get you going. Okay. But yeah. um, I'll tell you, when I was in college, um, my brother worked as a as a PI for a detec- detective agency in Lake Charles while he was going to college and uh, mm-hmm. we were both going to the same college. We'd, we'd see each other a lot on campus, but uh, I was in mass communications and I had uh, access to some of the college's uh, cool video cameras. Okay. So my brother, he would get me to go on like stakeouts with him and uh, I would take, take a video camera from, from the, from the campus. Don't tell anybody, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I would take one and uh, he would get me to go on stakeouts and uh, we would do like, uh, you know, insurance fraud investigations and a cheating husband stuff like that you know and i go stake out with him and that kind of stuff but uh my videos they would use them in a uh, court for some of these cases you know and, and uh like the insurance company might win and stuff because of the video i showed but uh but anyway i'll give you an example of one of our stakeouts we uh we, we parked on this busy street in the neighborhood a few houses down from this uh this guy that had an insurance claim for a hurt back and a hurt neck. Okay. And he, he was supposed to 
like always wear this brace and he really couldn't move around. Okay. Well, anyway, we waited in a car for hours for this guy to come outside. And when he did, he started shooting basketball with his kid. And I mean, he's dribbling up to the goal and jumping and shooting and, you know, and I got it all on video. So busted, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, I was one of those, you know, dirty uh, PI guys with my brother, Uh, but, uh, uh but my brother and I, we would joke about becoming private eyes like Simon Uh and Simon when when we both got out of college, you know, and uh, we're going to call it Bennett and Bennett, you know, yeah. Awesome name, but uh, and your, your brother did go into um, yeah, he, he uh, he majored in uh, criminal justice and ended up working for a sheriff's department. Of, so it could have happened, yeah. I mean, we joked about it, but deep down, I think we were both kind of serious about it, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, and my brother, you know, he passed away in, in uh, the early 90s, but uh, I think if uh, he wouldn't have, it might have might have became a reality, yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer, yeah. but yeah, but I love Simon and Simon and uh. Well, it's out there on DVD. I see it. Cool. The entire complete series is $168.95 on Amazon. But it was, uh, we can, I can open a, a PayPal, uh, donation button (laughs) on our website. Yeah. Go fund me to to get me the whole season. Yeah. yeah, Whole series. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I thought it was a great show. I have fond memories of watching it with my dad. And, you know, like I said, it reminds me a lot of, uh, some of the hijinks that I'd get into with my brother, but uh, yeah. very fun. If you haven't watched the series, you need to, it's, it's a, uh, it's a great show. Yeah. I said, I, I'm looking right at that guy's face and that guy does too look like what <laughs> I think he too. looks like Starbuck. Huh? Um, is that what Starbuck? Yeah. What, face. face? Dirk Benedict. He played Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I like, I don't know that you're throwing yeah. some, some what? stuff on me. What? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, too much 70s and 80s stuff that yeah, we had yeah. you at one time yeah it's like i don't know yeah yeah, uh, yeah the what, what kind of podcast are we on here yeah i don't know um yeah yeah he does too look like him um his hair's like lighter but um he he does they look a little bit alike i wasn't totally you know you know out there with that um yeah i don't um, know what it is about the 80s but um Late 70s and all through the 80s, it, it seemed to be the heyday for private eye shows, you know? Yeah. You had so many well, of I them. mean, yeah. Well, yeah. But it was that because they had, they had action in it. And Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to be doing that would have a ton of action? Unless you're, like, dealing with, you know, bad guys and good, you know, good guys and bad guys. And, yeah. I mean, there's only, like, uh, uh, a, uh, you know, there's only so many genres of, things you know out there you know what i mean that's so, an episode we need to do is uh famous private eyes from the 70s and 80s just nothing but private eyes yeah okay and like like hollow notes we can play that song yeah we can <laughs> they're watching you okay remember that uh remember that don knotts in uh tim conway movie private eyes no no no, you know, yeah, um, the, you, you know, nothing that you ever say do I ever remember because, I mean, you posted a whole bunch of stuff here lately that I was just like, I don't know where you keep finding this stuff and 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 I, some of it I can't even I can't even find it anywhere. I don't even, you know, I mean, it, it's like, like um, that without warning, I, I found it, but it's like fifty dollars. I mean, it's like so hard to find some of this stuff. I can't even believe you remember you you know this stuff. You know, it's like it's so obscure. Hey, you know, 
I am yeah. a fountain of useless information. You are. I know. I'm, you know, yeah, I'm amazed, honestly. I, I, I am, you know, so, yeah. Um, actually, the guy from Simon and Simon, I think, is cuter than Face because I, I think he has a, yeah, he has like a baby face. You're right. Like, he's real young looking and he has, he has really light blonde hair. And, and I was always thinking that, that Dirk Benedict had blonde hair, but it's really a dark uh, brown like hair. He, he wasn't really blonde. So, um, but they're both cute. They're you know, hey, there's just a, a connection I realized. Um, okay, Face was on the A-Team. You're saying AJ looked like Face. Well, Gerald yeah. McRaney was in the A-Team movie. Oh. He played the bad guy. He, he was? Yeah. Oh, and Joe McRaney, uh, the, okay, the guy that played AJ, I, I really don't remember seeing him in anything. Nothing but else. that. But Joe McRaney, I mean, he. What, what was that show? Ma Major Dad, and yeah, he a, uh -huh. yeah, he had he some other series. Yeah, 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 his career went on. I, I've seen him in some movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a pretty good career. You know what? Though I don't find him anything. I don't. There's nothing about him that is appealing to me. I, I don't. Joe McRaney. No, the cool mustache. Mm, okay, he can get a, he can you put him on a list. Yeah, that's that. I said we're going to have a poll, a poll yeah. one day of the best mustache on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wilfred Brimley, Thomas Wilfred, Magnum. Wilfred Brimley. Do you know Wilfred Brimley was like what? I think oh, he was in his forties or, or in his fifties before, and when he did Cocoon. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Playing somebody. Playing he was younger like, than us when he did Cocoon, yeah. playing that old old man. And he looked old. He looked yeah. that old. It wasn't like yeah. they looked like they aged him. I think he was like the Highlander. You know, he was born in the Highlands of Scotland in I the 16, 16th century. Yeah, you know who else always looked really way older than they were? It was um, Flo. B. Arthur. On, um, yeah, no, it won't be Arthur. No. Um, the, the Polly Holiday that played Flo. Mm. She was like only in her 40s, um, at, you know. And 30s doing like uh, Alice, but Cripe, she to me she looked in her 50s, you know. Yeah. And, and then even when she was when she was in Gremlins, um, yeah, she, she didn't was, age well. She she looked she looked like she was play, she might have only been in her 40s on that, and because um, she's in her 70s now, so that was 35 years ago, like for Gremlins. So she was probably early 40s, you know, on that, and she looked like she was about 70. And so I mean, yeah, some people just. Yeah, some people definitely um, do not age as well as others. So, yeah. Anyway, so um, anything else you, you were saying about Simon, Simon, Simon Says? No, I'm just saying it, it's a great series. Simon Says what? I really want to okay. see it again. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Says, let's move who's on the to the next. Uh, yeah, <laughs> who's the, the boss? It was the boss. That's a question. And it is a show, too. You know, I remember who was the boss. Yeah. And I just watched it the other night when I thought, I can't believe that it, it was, I, I watched it. I, um, I used to, I think I have it on DVD and I really like it, you know, and it was on a long time. It was on. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was an American sitcom. It was created by Martin Cohen and Blake Hunter and it aired on ABC from September 20th, 1984 to April 25th, 1992. life and what's your lip so take a chance and face the wind an open road and a road that's hit a brand new life around the bend there were times lost a dream or two found a trail at the end was you there's a path we take and a path not taken the choice is up to you
and I just I just watched it the other night. I you know um, I they said you know it it kind of broke like this um, mold of like you know Tony Dan Danza plays Tony Maselli, okay, and he's a former Major League Baseball player, and he relocates um, he, he uh, for, to Fairfield, Connecticut, to work as a living housekeeper for a divorced advertising executive who's played by Judith Light. And then uh, Alyssa Milano plays his um, daughter, and his he's a widower. Okay, and, and hey, you, you said Alyssa Milano. I want to give yeah. a shout out to Kendall Fontenot. Hey, Kendall Fontenot, <laughs> what's up? He yeah. is so in love with Alyssa Milano, and I think really? he said that uh, when when he was a kid, you know, growing up at school and that, he had a poster of her wearing a uh, like a. A hockey jersey or something up on his wall. Oh, well, yeah. I, she, she was young when they started out, maybe like 12, maybe. Yeah. Like, I was like, and she was like a tomboy and she like always wore a baseball cap and like a ponytail. And, and then, um, and then she like, you know, mature, matured and went through like her teen years on their end. Um, and then by the end of the show, she got married, uh, you know, on the show, but, um, um but sadly and then, not, not to Kendall. So not sorry, Kendall, Kendall. Uh, I don't but Kendall, you, you've got a good wife there. So. Oh, okay. not missing out with uh, okay. Alyssa Milano. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, yeah. And then Danny Pintaro is is Angela's son, and he was in the movie Cujo. Do you remember? You know, did you see Cujo? I did. I don't think we ever talked about Cujo. I have to talk about Cujo coming up for yeah. Let's talk about Cujo. Cujo. That'd be good Halloween. Uh, yeah, and I could tell you all about a story about when I got attacked by Saint Bernard myself. So yeah, and yeah, I thought it, I was being eaten by Cujo. Yeah. Yeah, I got attacked um, by one. Did you? Yep. I had to get stitches because one bit me. It was actually chained up. Tore my Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Did it? Yep. We were both mauled by St. Bernard's. Mauled by St. Bernard's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, ooh. That's yeah. that new reality show coming from Pop Ninja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Catherine Heldon plays um, Judith Light's um, mother um, in the in the movie. And her name's Mona on the show. And um, she was from Soap, you know. Um, so it, 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 it was one of the most popular sitcoms of the eighties. The I mean, really, it was like nominated for a ton of awards. It won a bunch of Emmys. It won uh, five gold global awards. Um, you know, so it, it, it was always like in the top 10, you know? So, I mean, it, it's, I like this story because the, it implies like who is the boss because he goes to work and, and he takes over as the housekeeper, you know, for a woman who is a lawyer, you know? And so she's the one out making you know big bucks you know and i just love their i love that set on who's the boss i love her because it, it, it it's like a, a new england cape cod i think mona the she lives like in a, a like maybe like a carriage house or, or something like like on the property because she's always coming in the back door and st taking stuff out of uh, of the kitchen you know but um the one the episode i watched the other night was about samantha's grandfather had died and then it was all about death and then she, and they talked about you know her mother had died and you know how she was like that afraid Tony was going to die, and and it was just, and I just loved her clothes. You know, she you know always had her hair pulled back in a French braid, and I mean it was just, it, you know, it, it, they they really dressed like the '80s. You know, like Angela always had her hair pulled up and with like a little ribbon in her hair, and you know, and wore sweaters and stuff. And I mean, I like their clothes, and I like how the um, like they like uh like Alyssa Milano's character, Sam, you know, like uh, needed a mother figure and like Judith Light became like that for her on the show. And then Tony became like the father figure for, for Jonathan, you know, her son, yeah. you know, so, um, it, and, and there was always this kind of like attraction with each other, which it's 
kind of like almost like a when Harry met Sally kind of thing. Like they they went on for for years and for years and. But they always dated other people throughout the show. Like they never like hooked up with each other, even though they developed this, you know, they a, a love for each other. But they never like, uh, you know, got it together. But then at the end of the show, um, they they did acknowledge that they were in love with each other. But they don't ever they don't ever get married because and 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 Tony Danza was really opposed to it, saying it would contradict the the original purpose of the show. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but I do like that um, that they it, they said it um, it kind of challenged these contemporary stereotypes of like young Italian American males as being macho and um, you know kind of ignorant about life and stuff. You know, it's like they uh, you know in working class neighborhoods. You know, like what you know, and 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 Tony was like depicted as this sensitive, like intelligent, you know, domestic person. You know, which with that had interest in you know, pursuing like intellectual things, going back to college. And, and there's like, like in one of the seasons, like he ends up in college. It's the same college that his daughter's going to, you know, so. Um, and then there were different, there were people, you know, different um, uh, like, you know, cast, you know, like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Supporting people like over the years that like came and went on there. And I, I know like, like uh, Tony had a girlfriend on there for a while that was played by Kate Vernon. I don't know if you, she was, I don't know if you know who she was, but she was in Pretty in Pink. She's, um, you know who John, do you know, is it John Vernon that was in Outlaw Josie Wales? Yeah. Plays? yeah. Yeah, that's his daughter. Okay. That's a trivia. Cool. You know, but I like it. I think I have like some, some of the seasons on it, but I, um, you know, if it, it, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. It's, it's just like a nice, like, um, just like, I, I, it's like a, it's, you know, there's not, it's just like a light, a light, family like happy you know um upbeat kind of show i i like it yeah it was, it was all right i mean you know, let's let's face it, it it was no tales of the gold monkey but i did, <laughs> I did watch it from time to time right okay like uh from nine to five well i don't know if i spent that much time with it but oh. also my you know yeah let, let's talk about uh my dolly <laughs> okay. and I, i'm not talking about kitty carry all i'm talking about yeah. my other dolly Miss Dolly Parton. Oh, I never knew you were such a fan of. Yes. Really? <laughs> Who's not a fan oh. of Dolly? Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Because you can Your beauty is beyond compare With flaming locks of auburn hair With ivory skin and eyes of emerald green Your smile is like a breath of spring Your voice is soft like summer rain And I cannot compete with you, Jolene Talks about you in his sleep And there's nothing I can do to keep from crying When he calls your name Jolene I guess I, mean, I can you know, see why you might be Just a yes. beautiful, beautiful country legend with a big voice Who, who wouldn't like her, you know? Big voice mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean she has such a distinguished voice Like like no other singer, you know I mean when it, when she comes on the radio You know right away who it is That's Dolly Parton, you're right yeah. She's got a very 
twangy kind of voice. Yeah, but I like it. I don't know about you, but I, I like it. Oh, I like Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, she should have done the soundtrack for Tales of the Gold Monkey. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in the late 60s. She did the soundtrack the, uh, for 9 to 5. Yeah. <laughs> in the 70s, uh, she did a lot of duet albums with uh, Porter Wagner. That's, that's kind of where she got her start. Yeah, I've had more kind of me. a that was an oddball connection. Yeah, you know yeah. she's been married to the same man her whole life too. Her, really, Carl? You know, you know, what's his, isn't that his name, Carl? I don't know. Yeah, like, and she never, nobody ever sees him. Yeah, that's why I don't know. <laughs> she has no children, um, but yeah, she, they've been married from in the <laughs> some cat food. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, she, uh, yeah. Like it, she, when she was in Snow Magnolias, um, the, yeah. the, that character on there, the when um, she, it was Sam Shepard was her husband. I think it was almost based like on uh, her real life husband, Carl Dean. Uh, is his Carl name. Dean. Yeah, yeah. They were married in 1966. Huh. Um, nobody ever sees like no pictures of him. He don't. She's always by herself. Like she always like tours, you know, on, with, without him. He he's kind of like a, a homebody, like kind of you know, like the, yeah. like you know. But I, I don't know how, I mean, for me, if I, you know, like if I was famous, I'd want my husband with me, you know, all the time. Like I wouldn't want to be apart from him. I can't even imagine like living a separate life from him. I would think like, what would be the point? And, you know, well, I, I mean, he might have his own job, you know, do you really think he needs to have a job? But he might've wanted one. He might've not just wanted to sit home and do nothing, you know, I mean, he could go with her and manage her and be on the road with her and be with her. But maybe that's wanna... not what he wanted to do. Maybe he went to school know. and, you know, he but had a law degree or something and wanted to I do his own practice, you yeah. know, or maybe uh, he was I'll... like a juggler, you know, he, he wanted to, uh, you know life. what he, what, you know what he was, he, he actually ran an asphalt company. There you go. See, well, I think I'd rather hang with Dolly Parton if I, you know, wouldn't you? Well, I don't know. Those those cement trucks are like they'd be fun to drive and, and pour pour stuff out of, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. But you know, uh-huh. in the, the, the late seventies and the early eighties, uh, well through the eighties, she kind of uh crossed over to the pop uh realm instead of country, you know. And uh, yeah. And then, and then in the she 90s, got into acting too, a lot yeah. of acting. And then in the nineties to to the present day, you know, she went back to her country roots and her bluegrass roots. And yeah. uh, well, and I went to did a lot um, with Kenny Rogers, if you remember that. Uh I remember I for a while there was rumors like they were a couple, you know, but uh well I thought that about Porter Wagner. I thought yeah, that there were rumors yeah. about him and her. But like you were saying but about her acting, you know, she's not only a singer, but but she's an actress too, and she's she's been in a lot of a uh, lot of movies. Mm-hmm. But um and, and, you know, she yeah, did, nine she's to five big, big philanthropist really too. Yeah. Um well she did Dollywood and in, in, in yeah, uh she owns Dollywood uh, Pigeon Forge. I that's where I went on my honeymoon. Like you said, nine to five. She did uh best little whorehouse in Texas, uh Rhinestone yeah. with, with uh what's his name? Rocky yeah. Still Magnolia. Yeah. Uh, she's still yeah. doing stuff, a lot of like Christmas movies and stuff. She's, she's yeah, she's in some uh she's in one on, on the Hallmark channel. It's uh, yeah. like a do- yeah. and she's and Danica McKellar, she's in I just saw her in it. And uh yeah, but she the Dollywood is huge now. I mean, when when we went there on our honeymoon, it wasn't I I got married September 12th, so um, it was. We went during the week, and they were only open then after Labor Day on the weekend, and we didn't actually get to go into a do- to a do- We just went to like there was there was a shop in there in Dollywood. It was called Seasons, and I never forgot it because they had this whole section of Halloween stuff in there, and that is kind of what set me on the uh, path to being a complete and total Halloween fanatic maniac uh, collector of all Halloween because. 
that I, I've never seen like decorations like that. Like when, when I, when I grew up, you know, we just had like, you know, some plastic jack-o'-lanterns and some, um, you know, it wasn't like the extreme Halloween, but in that store at Dollywood, they had so much Halloween stuff. And I like, it just went nuts. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love that. I, I want to decorate for Halloween, you know? And so that's how, that's actually what put me on that course of where I am now, you know, but, um, but yeah, then we went back like about eight years ago and stayed again. And it, and that whole area has developed. H have you been there? I've never been to Dollywood. I've been around it, the Pigeon Forge you know and Gatlinburg. We should go. We should go and meet there and get a club in there. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. We, we should do that. We'll meet there. We should do that. You get your daughter and we'll go and we'll get a cabin. We we rented um like a really nice like luxury cabin in, in there. It was beautiful and it had like a hot tub and a and had a movie theater in it and it had video games. The in hot it. tub had a movie theater in it. Well, they had Sweet. everything in it, like not the hot tub, but the, what would yeah. you but watch, then, Aquaman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We watched actually. We watched uh, Man uh, from Skyfall. Atlantis. Uh, it was Skyfall. Jaws. Yeah, no Jaws. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun though. We could do that. Let's, Let's do, do it. that. Yeah, we should do that. So, hey, talking about Dolly, what's some of your favorite songs of hers? Um, my favorite song is "Hard Candy Christmas." I love that song. It's in my jukebox. I have it on forty-five record. You probably don't even know it. Nope. You know it. You don't know nope. "Hard Candy Christmas." Nope. Okay, put that on here. Sing it. So make it. No. Sing it um, for us. Um. No. I like Jolene. Uh, oh, Jolene. Yeah. Well, it just that's like iconic, you know. Highlands in the stream. No. Hard Candy Christmas. Look that up. I play it. It's my favorite. It's kind of sad, you know. Um, and and it's like, but I mean, there's not that many. I mean, it's it's. I have it in my jukebox. I should play it while you're here. I didn't know you were such a big Dolly Parton fan, and I didn't know you. I never heard that song, but now you'll have to look it up because you can put it put it on here. Well, I want to know something. Podcast. Yeah. Why'd you come in here looking like that? <laughs> That's another one of her songs. You know that one? Yeah. You know, you know, uh, Code of Many Colors? Yes. Yeah, I love that. That's like, a well, see, about they her. have, um, yeah, they have a, a pic, like they recreated in, in Dollywood. There's a, like a little mini version of her house that she grew oh, up yeah? in with. And it has like newspaper wallpaper, you know, like on the walls. It, she was so poor. And that's what her mom made the coat of many colors was from all these different scrap materials. You know, that's what it was. And, you know, and it was like almost a, um, you know, it's like, it, it, it was like, it, she took something that could, you know, like that could have been like, you know, like showing like they had, where it was, was impoverished, you know, like, but it made it, like she made something beautiful out of it. And she made yeah. that like a, like a, like a really good thing, you know, that she, Well, I'll like, tell you that, that song, um, but Whitney, Whitney Houston sang on the Bodyguard that uh, I will always love I will you. Always love you. Yeah, Dolly wrote that song. And, yeah, and, and she performed it. Yeah, and I heard in, that in, in, she wrote the, it on a bodyguard. napkin. Oh. She wrote it on a napkin. She was that talented of a songwriter. She could just mm -hmm. come up with with whole songs like within minutes. 
spend like months writing a song you know yeah and uh she was just that talented and, and the song uh nine to five mm-hmm. they said she had just done her fingernails and, and she was mm-hmm. tapping them on the the table and mm-hmm. it reminded her of a typewriter and yeah. she started tapping out a tune and, and that's how she came up with that song oh but, well, was uh, she already cast to play in the movie i don't know i don't know if that's what she was trying to think of a song for it and you know that reminded her of her typewriter and she came up with it or, or what but uh yeah, because it, it, it's like it's it like totally goes. It's not like a song that they put in a movie. It was that song was written for that movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They probably told yeah. her, "Okay, write a song for it." And she's thinking up something, and she's mm-hmm. tapping her fingers, and reminds her of a typewriter, and yeah. kind of gave her the idea for it. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had nine to five on a forty five record. Yeah. Hey, I got trivia for you for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She recorded her first album in a tiny recording studio right here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Wow. And, and they just tore down that building a few years back and it was on the news and everything. Cause uh, people were trying to uh, get them to make it a national landmark and save it. You know, yeah, but, uh, they went ahead and tore it down. But uh, I remember some people were saying we ought to write Dolly and get her to, you know, buy it and uh, make it a museum. They should have bought it and like, uh, uh, you know, Taken into Dollywood. Yeah. For real. You know, she owns like all these cabin rentals in like a beautiful, be- beautiful cabins, like all over the Smoky Mountain, you know, and it's like, I, I love it there. I mean, I, I love that. I love that area that Gatlinburg and Pigeon Ford, Spearville. We, you know, we, they, it has been developed all over the place. They have a whole bunch of um, those um, like, like theater, like di- dinner theater things like that, that they do like these uh, shows. Now, I don't know. Like right like, now, like what it's like, but we should go there because it is so yeah, let's do it. Let's They go. have a, they have a, um, you know, this wax museum, you know, with all the, um, you know, characters like King Kong, you know, oh yeah, um, you know, yeah. I Dream of Genies there, like all, it, it's really cool. Um, and then they have like the the Hatfields and and the cool, yeah, dinner like, show, yeah, yeah, the dinner show. There's the, I think there's one that's like the Titanic and it's upside down, right? You know, like and, yeah, and uh, Dolly's got her uh, her dinner show there. Yeah, there's just Stampede. yeah, um, yeah, it's beautiful. I love the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, that's yeah. What should do. You know, uh, yeah. Ronnie Millsap loves the Smoky Mountains, but but he's never seen her cabins. <laughs> Smoky Mountain High. Never mind. <laughs> so moving away from Dolly, uh, seeing the mountains of the Smoky Mountains. What do you want to talk about as far as music? Oh, yeah, um, nothing so. Um, interesting i don't think um i don't even know if you'll know who I, i'm talking about um i'm going to talk about lana rhythm section oh you know ars ars <laughs> i have no idea who you're talking about <laughs> you never heard of them 
You don't know them? You don't know them? Do not. Well, this is why I love doing the podcast because, you know, it's like I, there's a lot of music that I like from uh, different bands. But then I don't know much about the bands. Like these guys, I never even knew, I didn't know who were the names of any of the band members actually were. So it's kind of fun to like research them and, and find out who they are. So Oh, Lenny and Squiggy and um, yeah. who else was in that band? Uh, the Big Ragu. <laughs> Big Ragu, Carmichael, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the number one song that I love of theirs, and I listen to it this time of year, it's called Spooky. You don't know the song Spooky? Well, Can't say that crazy I, I do. Spooky little girl like you. You never heard that? Spooky. You'll have, if you look it up, you'll, you'll know that song. Okay, that are like the the, the ones you you, ha- you will have to know so into you. you 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 have to know that song when you hear it you'll know it and you'll have to know imaginary lover it's a, it was a big hit in the 70s you have imaginary lover yeah you never heard that song not atlantic star or something <laughs> no that's like oh. secret lover oh yeah. okay kind of wrong. <laughs> this is the they imagined that they had one yeah. okay so, story yeah. of my life yeah 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 uh, and uh and so into you you have to know so into you that is like one of the best songs of like all time ever i have to know that song and so i love them and i love them um you know it, it, this, this time of year i bought a spook and the song spooky i play it i play it all the time and um you know in my jukebox for it around halloween and stuff it's a really good fall halloween song so um, I, I know that some other people will have had to have heard of them, but they, um, let's see, they, let's see when they, they, they formed in 1971. And I don't even know who the, the, these, they, they're an American Southern rock band. Okay. Yeah. And they are ARS. They, they are known Southern rock, huh? kind of like Leonard Skinner. Rock. Yeah. And I huh. don't know any of these people. Their names were Rodney Justo, Barry Bailey, Paul Good- Goddard, 
um, uh, Dean Daughtry, uh, Robert Nick. Um, Dean Autry. Bob, not Dean Autry, um, Daughtry. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of them, you know. So, um, but they were, three of them were former members of a, a band called The Candyman, which I've never Oh, The Candyman, the yeah. Four. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Just don't say it three that. times. Yeah, they'll show up and cut your head off. <laughs> yeah, like the Highlander and gain the quickening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they were signed by Decca Records. They released their first album um, in January of 1972. Um, and uh, you have to, you have to like um, look them up for some songs for this. But, um, I don't know if they, 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 they do still tour. They, they show up like in a lot of state fairs and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, some of their other songs, I, I don't know, I don't know if I know them or not. I mean, I mean, they have other music other than the three that I mentioned, but the three that I mentioned, if you hear them, you, you will know them. So um, I, I have to look them up. You'll look them up. So, um, yeah, do that. Do, do that. ARS. ARS. You, did you ever even, you've never even heard of them? I might, if I listen to a song, I'll probably, oh yeah, okay, that's them. All right. Yeah. But just right gonna, off, I don't know. You know I'm going to send it to you. Like, I'm going to send this. Yeah, send it to me. I am. I'm going to. Okay. So um, that's all I have to say. And you, you, you don't even know them. So um, want me to give something away now? Ready? Um, you want to hang on. I, I want to talk about something. Okay. <laughs> I probably already mentioned these like in another episode of the Pop Oh, the Shogun Warrior things. Okay. The Shogun <laughs> yeah, Warrior. Yeah, totally forgot we were, had a bonus in this. Yeah, yeah. This, I'll be real quick with this one. Because uh, okay. I don't know what they are. Oh, these were cool toys. In, in 1979, Mattel put out these super cool 24-inch tall action figures. Imagine you enter the world of the Shogun Warriors. They're on the move. There's Raydine with Delta Wing missiles, Dragoon with a star shooter, and Mazinga with a rocket launcher. The Shogun. Imagine you command them to defend freedom, protect justice, and challenge evil. The Shoguns. They're ready to strike when you are. Shogun warriors, Mazinga, Dragoon, Raydine, equipped with their own gear, each sold separately from Mattel. No, no, this was not a Richard Chamberlain action figure. This this okay. was a a giant robot kind of Japanese shogun. Look. Ah. And, and uh, they were loaded down Mr. with Roboto? these weapons. Yeah, like Mr. Roboto. And, and they had <laughs> swords. They had like ninja throwing stars. You know what? I do know these. I know. You these do. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I mean, they're very popular in the 70s. And uh. Some of them had features like you could uh, you could shoot the the throwing stars like off of their wrist. You hit a button, or you could uh, you could make them yeah. like pop, chop with their big battle axe or yeah. a button. And uh, I had a couple of them, and then a neighbor had a couple of. Them. We'd get together and uh, we would just you, you know rock them, sock them, showgun. Well, we had twelve inch GI Joes, so these were twice the size, you know, the height. Yeah, well, they made great enemies for my GI Joes to fight. You know, awesome villains. But, but, uh, oh man, they were cool. I, I'd love to still have them, but, but if you look them up on eBay or something, they're a million pay dollars. a whole lot for these, mm -hmm. even yeah. like broken ones, you know, you're going to pay a lot. But, uh, later, uh, Mattel, they released a Shogun Godzilla. Now, Godzilla! Godzilla! You can pretend Godzilla turns a mighty castle into a pile of sand. 
Go to it, Godzilla! You control Godzilla's ugly tongue. You can make him stomp, pound his tail, pretending he strikes it all in his way. You can launch Godzilla's claw for the final blow. We did it! What will Godzilla do next? It's up to you. Godzilla with a claw that launches some assembly required from the Shogun Warrior Collection by Mattel. Oh. This 24-inch Godzilla and it, its fists, they would like fire off like torpedoes. Oh, my God. And, uh, I know that thing. I've seen Yeah, you've probably seen it a lot. Oh I see it like God. if I go to Comic-Cons, on eBay, a lot of vendors. $700. Oh, yeah. And if you find it like with an intact box and stuff, a lot of well, them go for over 1000 339 that yeah oh my god i remember that godzilla because i love godzilla i love godzilla well his fist know. do you see how you I can shoot him. Him, like a he torpedo popped up the, the uh, body yeah yes yeah. i remember that i didn't i can, I can stand up was. i can stand up a gi joe and i can make yeah. godzilla shoot that fist and it, it I would totally remember knock him, him over you know yeah, I, uh, yeah and then he had a lever on his back and you could pull it down him? and uh a strip of plastic comes out of his mouth it looks like fire like a tongue yeah, yeah it looks like he's spitting fire so uh, mm -hmm. i mean really cool toy and no i wish i had him i, I don't still have, have him my, back then yeah but i yeah mm -hmm. he got all torn the gi joe's finally got him down and you know <laughs> did a number on him but uh mm -hmm. yeah he didn't he God didn't survive the gi joe apocalypse but mm -hmm. uh you know like you said they go for hundreds of dollars even in thousands if you can find one in good good condition with the box yeah. but uh Wow. But yeah, I see them all the time at Comic-Cons. Why don't they remake that stuff? Hey, they just now, just now, like last month, it came out. They remade the Godzilla, but it's like a miniature, tiny, tiny version. No. But the packaging and everything looks just like him. Like like a big one, you know. But I'd still like to have that, but I want the big two-foot-tall one. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's all I I totally remember those. You know, I didn't, when you, when... I saw it written. I didn't know it, but when I see them, I absolutely like remember them. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, very cool stuff. They were cool. It's like so, miss, um, miss playing as a kid. What did you want to give away? Um, I'm going to give away a uh, a um, Blu-ray copy of When Harry Met Sally. Blu-ray copy of When Harry and the Hendersons Met Sally. <laughs> yeah, sweet. And the code word is Highlander. Highlander. <laughs> yeah. So just send us that. We want to give some stuff away. So, I mean, you know, we hope that, you know, people will, you know, take us up on it. It's, definitely. It's free. Definitely. Free, yeah. free, 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 free. We free. pay shipping. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So um, when Harry met Sally on Blu-ray. Awesome. Win it. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening in again to another one of our podcasts and we're going to keep them going as long as you will listen. And even if you stop listening, we will probably still keep them going, but, um, but thanks a lot. Tell your friends about us, make sure you like our page on Facebook and share it and uh, send in that code word Highlander. And you know what? There's only one winner because there can be only one Highlander. Um, I want to thank you so much again. And as we sign off, as always, I want to leave you with this final thought. You cannot die, McLeod. Accept it. Tell me, how did it happen, for God's sake? Why does the sun come up? Hmm? Or are the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night? Who knows? 
What I do know is that because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away like the people of your village. You must learn to conceal your special gift and harness your power until the time of the gathering. What gathering? When only a few of us are left, we will feel an irresistible pull towards a faraway land to fight for the prize. <laughs>